when I was a kid on the playground, maybe you recall this as well. I remember people when getting game when somebody else wouldn't play by the rules. And you know what they would say? Cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. <laughs> well, the jumpers in today's study reminded me a lot about that. Stay tuned. We're going to have a great time in the Word today. Welcome back. I'm Jennifer Richmond, and this is the Dwelling Richly Bible Study, where we love God, heart, soul, mind, and strength. We are women who enthusiastically and intentionally dwell in the Word and let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. You can find Bible studies and video teaching like this on my blog and the Dwelling Richly podcast. Subscribe to this channel, hit that little church bell so you can get notified whenever I drop a new video. Let's get into the Word. All right, well, let's exactly do that and dwell in the Word of the Lord today. It is Lesson 1, we're on Day 6, going to be reading straight through Genesis 26 through 31. And today, what I want to do as we begin is to really consider in our prayer time our habits and what our habits look like in prayer. Maybe that's an area of your life of growth. I know for me, it's constantly something that I'm working on, uh, trying to be better about in terms of just that disciplined time in prayer. And so maybe today is the day you can focus on that as well. You can take the time to write that in the top of your lesson. If you look here on the screen, you can see what habits do you need to develop or improve on how you approach your Bible study. Ask God for help and write out one or two ways you want to grow more consistent. And so take the time to do that today. And let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you right now also for prayer and the fact that we can speak to you and we can hear from you as well. Lord, oftentimes prayer is challenging and it is something that we feel mystified by or just plain ignorant of and help us develop that habit of praying and talking to you and listening to you as well. Go before us now in our study in Jesus name. Amen. All right. And then today, as we have been for this entire lesson, again, we're going to be memorizing and meditating on Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. All right. Uh, hopefully you're memorizing that. Here's a great, easy, quick trick. I do this. I love it. It's fun. Is write it out and put it on your bathroom mirror in lipstick, Sharpie, dry erase markers. I love the dry erase markers as they, well, just erase. Sharpie actually comes off just fine off of a mirror, by the way. A little extra effort, but Sharpies are, are easy and but dry erase are even better. But lipstick, I mean, who wouldn't love to have a little lipstick love on the mirror? Go ahead and do that today and um, have some fun memorizing God's Word. Maybe even take a picture of it and uh, send that into the group uh, or just post it on social media with the hashtag dwelling richly uh, with your little selfie looking in the mirror. <laughs> All right. And then today, of course, we're going to read and engage in Genesis 26, uh, 27 through 31. And as we're reading today, I'd like us to consider how God speaks and engages with people in these passages. Also, as we're looking through these passages, as I've been asking since the beginning of our study time, uh, to tie in with our theme, the idea of being lost and found, I want you to pay close attention to that not in a literal sense, like, hey, where are you, Jacob? Um, but more in that figurative sense of being lost, lost in, in the sense of direction, spiritual life, uh, purpose, um, mis, uh, being misled or misleading others. That's a form of being lost. And it's God and God only who can truly find us. I mean, you can play games like Lost and Found and you can find someone, 
um, and you can feel like you've been found, but truly, unless you're found in Christ by God, uh, you're not found and you're still wandering and you're still not really living, um, in God's way, in God's kingdom, by his plan. So as we look through these passages, keep that in mind, flowing through your mind. It's not a literal lost and found. It is the idea of knowing that we can only be found by God. What has that looked like in the lives of the people that he moved through to bring about his son, Jesus Christ? And in our, our account in Genesis, we see him moving through uh, the patriarchs, in particular in this, this whole chunk we've been reading, Abraham, Isaac, and then we're going to be kind of moving in on the life of Jacob, a bit of Esau, and then moving for the rest of the study, really, in the life of uh, Jacob's sons, and then in particular, uh, Joseph. So be paying attention to that, especially uh, as we read today. A uh, lot to learn, a lot to understand and uh, take notes about today. Maybe not quite as shocking and horrifying, really, as yesterday's passages with Lot's daughters and Sodom and Gomorrah and all of that but definitely a lot to think about as you move through these passages. So let's go ahead and hop over to the Word and get started on that. Put up the screen here. Alrighty, beginning in chapter 27. And here we go. I don't think there's as many names in this passage as there, as there was in the last few chapters, so it probably won't be quite as challenging. But thank you for your gracious comments. And that reminds me, do leave a comment. I love that. I love to engage with you. I love hearing from you. And I just like knowing that I'm talking and engaging with you right here as we go and not just doing this by myself. So thank you for that. All right, let's go ahead and read. Again, from the NET, the New English Translation, from Genesis 27 through 31. When Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak that he was almost blind, he called his older son Esau and said to him, My son, here I am, Esau replied. Isaac said, Since I am so old, I could die at any time. Therefore, take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, and go out into the open fields and hunt down some wild game for me. Then prepare for me some tasty food, the kind I love, and bring it to me. Then I will eat it so that I may bless you before I die. Now, a quick reminder, I've asked you for the last few days to why not have some fun and engage in a different way and keep a Genesis menu. There are great foods mentioned throughout this um, Bible study. And uh, go ahead and find a spot in your notes. I mentioned before that I like just using a simple... Uh, a uh, composition book like this, or put some note paper in the back of your binder. Keep your notes, Genesis menu. Here's some good food to write down, or it's going to get even better in a minute. Verse 5. <laughs> now, Rebecca had been listening while Isaac spoke to his son Esau. When Esau went out into the open field to hunt down some wild game and bring it back, Rebecca said to her son Jacob, Look, I overheard your father tell your brother Esau, Bring me some wild game and prepare me some tasty food. Then I will eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before I die. Now then, my son, do exactly what I tell you. Go to the flock and get me two of the best young goats. I'll prepare them in a tasty way for your father, just the way he loves them. Then you will take it to your father. Thus he will eat it and bless you before he dies. But Esau, my brother, is a hairy man, Jacob protested to his mother, Rebecca, and I have smooth skin. My father may touch me. Then he'll think I'm mocking him and I'll bring a curse on myself instead of a blessing. So his mother told him, any curse against you will fall on me, my son. Just go obey me. Go and get them for me. So he went and got the goats and brought them to his mother. She prepared some tasty food just the way his father loved it. Then Rebecca took her older son Esau's best clothes, which she had with her in the house, and put them on her younger son Jacob. She put the skins of young goats on his hands and the smooth part on his neck. 
Then she handed the tasty food and the bread she had made to her son, Jacob. He went to his father and said, My father, Isaac replied, Here I am. Which are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat some of my wild game so that you can bless me. Isaac asked his son, how in the world did you find it so quickly, my son? Because the Lord your God brought it to me, he replied. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Come closer so I can touch you, my son, and know for certain it really is you, that you really are my son Esau. So Jacob went over to his father Isaac, who felt him and said, The voice is Jacob, but the hands are Esau's. He did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So Isaac blessed Jacob. Then he said, Are you really my son Isaac? I am, Jacob replied. Isaac said, bring some of the wild game for me to eat, my son, then I will bless you. So Jacob brought it to him and he ate it. He also brought with him wine and Isaac drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, come here and kiss me, my son. So Jacob went over and kissed him. When Isaac caught the scent of his clothing, he blessed him saying, yes, my son smells like the scent of an open field, which the Lord has blessed. May God give you the dew of the sky, riches of the earth and plenty of grain and new wine. May people serve you and nations bow down to you. You will be Lord over your brothers and the sons of your mothers will bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. Isaac had just finished blessing Jacob and Jacob had scarcely left his father's presence when his brother Esau returned from the hunt. He also prepared some tasty food and brought it to his father. Esau said to him, my father, get up and eat some of your son's wild game. Then you can bless me. His father Isaac asked, Who are you? I'm your firstborn son, he replied. Esau. Isaac began to shake violently and asked, Then who else hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it and just, befo just before you arrived, and I blessed him. He will indeed be blessed. When Esau heard his father's words, he wailed loud and bitterly. He said to his father, Bless me too, my father. But Isaac replied, Your brother came in here deceitfully and took away your blessing. Esau exclaimed, Jacob is the right name for him. He has tripped me up two times. He took away my birthright, and now look, he has taken away my blessing. Then he asked, Have you not kept back a blessing from me? Isaac replied to Esau, Look, I have made him lord over you. I have made all his relatives and servants and provided him with grain and new wine. What is left that I can do for you, my son? Isaac said to his father, you, Do you have only that one blessing, my father? Bless me too. Then Esau wept loudly. So Isaac, father Isaac, so his father Isaac said to him, see here, your home will be by the riches of the earth and by the dew of the sky above. You will be live by your sword, but you will serve your brother. When you go restless, he will tear off his yoke from your neck. So Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing his father had given to his brother. Esau said privately, the time of mourning for my father is near. Then I will kill my brother, Jacob. When Rebecca heard what her older son had said, she quickly summoned her younger son and told him, Look, your brother Esau is planning to get revenge by killing you. Now then, my son, do what I say. Run away immediately to my brother Laban in Haran. Live with him for a little while until your brother's rage subsides. Stay there until your brother's anger against you subsides and he forgets what you did to him. Then I'll send someone to bring you back from there. Why should I lose both of you in one day? Then Rebecca said to Isaac, I'm deeply depressed because of the daughters of Heth. If Jacob were to marry one of these daughters of Heth who live in this land, I would want to die. So, chapter 28, so Isaac called for Jacob and blessed him. 
Then he commanded him, you must not marry a Canaanite woman. Leave immediately for Padam Aram. Go to the house of Bethuel, your mother's father, and find yourself a wife there among the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May the sovereign God bless you. May he make you fruitful and give you multitude of descendants, and you will become a large nation. May he give you and your descendants the blessing he gave to Abraham, so that you may possess the land God gave to Abraham, the land where you have been living as a temporary resident. So Isaac sent Jacob on his way, and he went to Padam Aram, to Laban, the son of Bethuel, the Aramean, the bro brother of Rebekah, the mother of Jacob, and Esau. Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him off to Padan Aram to find a wife there. As he blessed him, Isaac commanded him, you must not marry a Canaanite woman. Jacob obeyed his father and mother and left for Padan Aram. Then Esau realized that the Canaanite women were displeasing to his father Isaac. So Esau went to Ishmael and married Mahalath, the sister of Neboeth, the daughter of Abraham's son Ishmael, along with the wives he already had. Verse 10. Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. He reached a certain place where he decided to camp because the sun had gone down. He took one of the stones and placed it near his head. Then he fell asleep at that place, and he had a dream. He saw a stairway erected on the earth with its top reaching to the heavens. The angels of God were going up and coming down it, and the Lord stood at its top. He said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of your father Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the ground you are lying on. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west, east, north, and south. And so all the families of the earth may receive blessings through you and through your descendants. I am with you. I will protect you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. Then Jacob woke up and thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, but I did not realize it. He was afraid and said, what an awesome place this is. This is nothing else in the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early in the morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed near his head and set it up as a sacred stone. Then he poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, although the former name of the town was Luz. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God is with me and protects me on this journey, I am taking I am the journey I am taking and gives me food to eat and clothing to wear, and I return safely to my father's home. Then the Lord will become my God. Then this stone that I have set up as a sacred stone will be the house of God, and I will surely give you back a tenth of everything you give me. All right, pause right here. So let's go ahead and think about lost and found. Where is Jacob headed? What's he up to? What's he been up to? And how does God connect with him here? Make a note of the names of the places that you have read. Go back to your Bible. I know if you're like me, sometimes you listen through these studies while you're busy doing something else. I'm, I love doing that. I listen to audiobooks and, and uh, messages all the time, uh, you know, while I'm multitasking. But sometimes I just need to sit down, get my Bible out, get my notes out, and jot down a few things so that I can connect it better. Be sure to take a minute, maybe even pause right now if you can, and make a note of the names and the places that you are noticing and some key things I want you to make note of that are happening here as well. Uh, what did Jacob build? Where did he build it? And what did he do uh, at the very end, verse 22 there, uh, after he built that altar, what did he say he was gonna do? Very important, hang on to that, all right. I know you're like, well, what did he do? Just tell us. No, that's not the point of the way I'm doing this study. It's to nudge you along and help you do the studying and 
make the connections on your own. But I'm always here to answer questions if you text me or email or even drop a comment below. <laughs> Just engage and we'll connect. All right, chapter 29. So Jacob moved on and he came to the land of the Eastern people. He saw in the field a well with three flocks of sheep lying beside it because the flocks were watered from that well. Now a large stone covered the mouth of the well. When all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone off the mouth of the well and, and water the sheep. Then they would put the stone back in its place over the well's mouth. Jacob asked them, My brothers, where are you from? They replied, We are from Haran. So he said to them, Do you know Laban, the grandson of Nahor? We know him, they said. Is he well? Jacob asked. They replied, He is well. Now look, here comes his daughter Rachel with the sheep. Then Jacob said, since it is the middle of the day, it is not time for the flocks to be gathered. You should water the sheep and then go and then let, uh, let them graze some more. We can't, they said, until all the flocks are gathered and the stone is rolled off the mouth of the well. Then we water the sheep. While he was still speaking with them, Rachel arrived with her father's sheep where she was tending them. When Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of his uncle Laban, and the sheep of his uncle Laban, he went over and rolled the stone off the mouth of the well and watered the sheep of his uncle Laban. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and began to weep loudly. When Jacob explained to Rachel that he was a relative of her father and the son of Rebekah, she ran and told her father. When Laban heard this news about Jacob, his sister's son, he rushed out to meet him. He embraced him and kissed him and brought him into his house. Jacob told Laban how he was related to him. Then Laban said to him, You are indeed my own flesh and blood. So Jacob stayed with him for a month. Then Laban said to Jacob, Should you work for me for nothing because you are my relative? Tell me what your wages should be. Now Laban had two daughters. The older one was named Leah and the, uh, the, and the younger one, Rachel. Leah's eyes were tender, but Rachel had a lovely figure and beautiful appearance. Since Jacob had fallen in love with Rachel, he said, I'll serve you seven years in exchange for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban replied, I'd rather give her to you than to any other man. Stay with me. So Jacob worked for seven years to acquire Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because his love for her was so great. Finally, Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife for my time of service is up and I want to sleep with her. So Laban invited all the people of that place and prepared a feast. In the evening, he brought his daughter Leah to Jacob, and he slept with her. Laban gave his female servant Zilpah to his daughter Leah to be her servant. In the morning, Jacob discovered it was Leah. So Jacob said to Laban, What in the world have you done to me? Why uh, didn't I work for you in exchange for Rachel? Why have you tricked me? It is not our custom here, Laban replied, to give the younger daughter in marriage before the firstborn. Complete my older daughter's bridal week, then we will give you the younger one too, in exchange for seven more years of work. Jacob did as Laban said. When Jacob completed Leah's bridal week, Laban gave him his daughter Rachel to be his wife. Laban gave his female servant Bilhah to his daughter Rachel to be her servant. Jacob slept with Rachel as well. He also loved Rachel more than Leah. Then he worked for Laban seven more years. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he enabled her to become pregnant while Rachel remained childless. So Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben, for she said, The Lord has looked with pity on my oppressed condition. Surely my husband will love me now. Now pause right here. I'd like us to really make note of the patriarchs at this point as before we continue on. We're going to be digging very deep into this whole storyline when the time comes in that lesson. But for now, I want to remind you to please highlight these. And I use my 
buy a Pentel 8. <laughs> this is not a paid promotion yet. But I use my Pentel 8 highlighter marker or coloring pencils. And I use brown just to indicate that it's a person. So highlight those and maybe make a special note of the fact that this is a very specific offspring of Jacob's. We have the patriarchs Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And now we have Jacob's firstborn son, Reuben. As I continue on, make sure to pause. And if you need to pause this uh, podcast and just write that down or highlight that in your Bible and start keeping a list of the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and now Reuben. <clears throat> Let's see. She named him Reuben for she said, maybe I already read this. <laughs> Anyway, the Lord has looked with pity on my oppression, oppressed condition. Surely my husband will love me now. You ever do that and just kind of forget and reread something? Oh, well, we're in good company, right? Verse 33, she became pregnant again and had another son. She said, because the Lord heard that I was unloved, he gave me this one too. So she named him Simeon. She became pregnant again and had another son. She said, now this time my husband will show me affection because I have given birth to three sons for him. That is why she named, he was named Levi. She became pregnant again and had another son. She said, this time, I will praise the Lord. That is why she named him Judah. Then she stopped having children. When Rachel, chapter 30, when Rachel saw that she could not give Jacob children, she became jealous of her sister. She said to Jacob, give me children or I'll die. Jacob became furious with Rachel and exclaimed, am I in the place of God who has kept you from having children? She replied, here's my servant Bilhah. Sleep with her so that she can bear children for me and I can have a family through her. So Rachel gave him her servant Bilhah as a wife and Jacob slept with her. Bilhah became pregnant and gave Jacob a son. Then Rachel said, God has vindicated me. He has responded to my prayer and given me a son. That is why she named him Dan. Bilhah, Rachel's servant, became pregnant again and gave Jacob another son. Then Rachel said, I have fought a desperate struggle with my sister, but I have won. So she named him Naphtali. When Leah saw that she had stopped having children, she gave her servant Zilpah to Jacob as a wife. Soon Leah's servant Zilpah gave Jacob a son. Leah said, how fortunate. So she named him Gad. Then Leah's servant Zilpah gave Jacob another son. Leah said, how happy I am for women will call me happy. So she named him Asher. At the time of the wheat harvest, Reuben went out and found some mandrake plants in the field and brought them to his mother Leah. Rachel said to Leah, Give me some of your son's mandrakes. But Leah said, replied, Wasn't it enough that you've taken away my husband? Would you take away also my son's mandrakes too? All right, Rachel said. He may go to bed with you tonight in exchange for your son's mandrakes. When Jacob came home in from the field that evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, You must sleep with me because I have paid for your services with my son's mandrakes. So he went to bed with her that night. God paid attention to Leah. She became pregnant and gave Jacob a son for the fifth time. Then Leah said, God has granted me a reward because I gave my servant to my husband as a wife. So she named him Issachar. Leah became pregnant again and gave Jacob a son for the sixth time. Then Leah said, God has given me a good gift. Now my husband will honor me because I have given him six sons. So she named him Zebulun. After that, she gave birth to a daughter and named her Dinah. Then God took a note of God took note of Rachel. He paid attention to her and enabled her to become pregnant. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son. Then she said, God has taken away my shame. She named him Joseph, saying, May the Lord yet give me yet another son. After Rachel had given birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Send me on my way so that I may go home to my own country. 
Let me take my wives and my children, whom I have acquired by working for you. Then I'll depart, because you know how hard I've worked for you. But Laban said to him, If I have found favor in your sight, please stay here, for I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me on account of you. He added, Just name your wages. I'll pay you whatever you want. You know how I have worked for you, Jacob replied, and how well your livestock have fared under my care. Indeed, you had little before I arrived, but now your possessions have increased many times over. The Lord has blessed you wherever I worked, but now... How long must it be before I do something for my family, own family too? So Laban asked, what should I give you? You don't need to give me a thing, Jacob replied. But if you agree to this one condition, I will continue to care for your flocks and protect them. Let me walk among all your flocks today and remove from them every speckled or spotted sheep, every dark colored lamb and spotted or speckled goats. These animals will be my wages. My integrity will testify for me later on. When you come to verify that I've taken only the wages we agreed on, if I have in my possession any goat that is not speckled or spotted, or any sheep that is not dark colored, it will be considered stolen. Agreed, said Laban, will be as you say. So that day Laban moved the male goats that were streaked or spotted, all the female goats that were speckled or spotted, all that had any white on them, and all the dark colored lambs and put them in the care of his sons. Then he separated them from Jacob by a three-day journey while Jacob was taking care of the rest of Laban's flocks. But Jacob took fresh-cut branches from poplar almond and plane trees. He made white streaks by peeling them, making the white inner wood in the branches visible. Then he set up the peeled branches in all the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink. He set up the branches in front of the flocks when they were in heat and came to drink. When the sheep made it in front of the branches, they gave birth to young that were streaked or speckled or spotted. Jacob removed these lambs, but he made the rest of the flock face the streak and completely dark-colored animals in Laban's flock. So he made separate flocks for himself and did not mix them with Laban's flocks. When the stronger females were in heat, Jacob would set up the branches in the troughs in front of the flock, so they would mate near the branches. But if the animals were weaker, he did not set up the branches there. So the weaker animals ended up belonging to Laban and the stronger animals to Jacob. In this way, Jacob became extremely prosperous. He owned large flocks, male and female servants, camels, and donkeys. Hmm. No questions there at all, I bet, huh? I am definitely looking forward to digging into this more with you. As we know, we're just reading through right now. Just make a note of things, write down your questions, and let's continue on wrapping up with chapter 31. Chapter 31. Jacob heard that Laban's sons were complaining. Jacob has taken everything that belonged to our father. He's gotten rich at our father's expense. When Jacob saw the look on Laban's face, he could tell his attitude toward him had changed. The Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers and to your relatives. I will be with you. So Jacob sent a message for Rachel and Leah to come to the field where his flocks were. There he said to them, I can tell your father's attitude toward me has changed, but the God of my father has been with me. You know that I have worked for your father as hard as I could, but your father has humiliated me and changed my wages ten times. But God has not permitted him to do me any harm. If he said the speckled animals will be in your, your wage, then the entire flock gave birth to speckled offspring. But if he said the streaked animals will be your wage, then the entire flock gave birth to streaked offspring. In this way, God has snatched away your father's livestock and given them to me. Once during breeding season, I saw in a dream that the male goats mating with the flock were streaked, speckled, and spotted. In the dream, the angel of God said to me, Jacob, here I am, I replied. Then he said, 
Observe that all the male goats mating with the flock are streaked, speckled, or spotted. For I have observed all that Laban has done to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed the sacred stone and made a vow to me. Now leave this land immediately and return to your native land. Then Rachel and Leah replied to him, Do we still have any portion or inheritance in our father's house? Hasn't he treated us like foreigners? He not only sold us, but completely wasted the money paid for us. Surely all the wealth that God snatched away from our father belongs to us and to our children. So now do everything God has told you. So Jacob immediately put his children and his wives on the camels. He took away all the livestock he had acquired in Padan Aram and all his movable property that he had accumulated. Then he set out toward the land of Canaan to return to his father Isaac. While Laban had gone to shear his sheep, Rachel stole the household idols that belonged to her father. Jacob also deceived Laban, the Aramean, by not telling him that he was leaving. He left with all he owned. He quickly crossed the Euphrates River and headed for the hill country of Gilead. Three days later, Laban discovered Jacob had left, so he took his relatives with him and pursued Jacob for seven days. He caught up with him in the hill country of Gilead. But God came to Laban the Aramean in a dream at night and warned him, Be careful that you neither bless nor curse Jacob. Jacob overtook uh, Laban overtook Jacob. When Jacob pitched his tent in the hill country of Gilead, Laban and his relatives set up camp there too. What have you done? Laban demanded of Jacob. You've deceived me, carried away my daughters as if they were captives of war. Why did you run away secretly and deceive me? Why didn't you tell me so I could send you off with celebration, complete with singing, tambourines, and harps? You didn't even allow me to kiss my daughters and my grandchildren goodbye. You've acted foolishly. I have the power to do you harm, but the God of your father told me last night, be careful that you neither bless nor curse Jacob. Now, I understand that you have gone away because you long desperately for your father's house. Yet why did you steal my gods? I left secretly because I was afraid, Jacob replied to Laban. I thought you might take your daughters away from me by force. Whoever has taken your gods will be put to death. In the presence of our relatives, identify whatever is yours and take it. Now, Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen them. So Laban entered Jacob's tent and Leah's tent and the tent of the two female servants, but he did not find the idols. Now, then he left Leah's tent and entered Rachel's. Now, Rachel had taken the idols and put them inside her camel's seat and sat on them. Laban searched the whole tent but did not find them. Rachel said to her father, Don't be angry, my lord. I cannot stand up in your presence because I'm having my period. So he searched thoroughly but did not find the idols. Jacob became angry and argued with Laban. What did I do wrong? He demanded of Laban. What sin of mine prompted you to chase after me in hot pursuit? When you searched through all my goods, did you find anything that belonged to you? Set it, there, set it here before my relatives and yours and let them settle the dispute between the two of us. I have been with you for the past 20 years. Your ewes and female goats have not miscarried, nor have I eaten rams from your flocks. Animals torn by wild beasts I never brought to you. I always absorbed the loss myself. You always made me pay for every missing animal, whether it was taken by day or night. I was consumed by scorching heat during the day and by piercing cold at night, and I went without sleep. This was my lot for 20 years in your house. I worked like a slave for you, 14 years for your two daughters, and six years for your flocks. But you changed my wages ten times. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, the one whom Isaac fears, had not been with me, you would certainly have sent me away empty-handed. But God saw how I was oppressed and how hard I worked, and he rebuked you last night. Laban replied to Jacob, These women are my daughters, these children are my grandchildren, and these flocks are my flocks. 
All that you see belongs to me, but how can I harm these daughters of mine today or the children to whom they have given birth? So now, come, let's make a formal agreement, you and I, and it will be proof that we have made peace. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a memorial pillar. Then he said to his relatives, Gather stones. So they brought stones and put them in a pile and ate by the pile of stones. Laban called it Jigar Shahadutha, but Jacob called it Gilead. Laban said, This pile of stones is a witness of our agreement today. That is why it was called Galid. Um, it was also called Mispah because he said, May the Lord watch between us when we are out of sight of one another. If you mistreat my daughters, or if you take wives besides my daughters, although no one else is with us, realize that God is witness to your actions. Here is a pile of stones, and this pillar I have set up between you, up between me and you. And Laban said to Jacob, This pile of stones and the pillar are reminders that I will not pass beyond this pile to come to harm you, and that you will not pass beyond this pile of this pillar and come to harm me. May the God of Abraham and the God of Nahor, the gods of their father, judge between us. Jacob took an oath by the God whom his father Isaac feared. Then Jacob offered a sacrifice on the mountain and invited his relatives to eat the meal. They ate the meal and spent the night in the mountain. Early in the morning, Laban kissed his grandchildren and his daughters goodbye and blessed them. Then Laban left and returned home. All right, so there we go. Wraps up our passage for today. Um, chapters 27 through 31. And as you can see at the close here of um, chapter 31, verse 55 is sometimes noted, chapter 32, verse 1. Uh, depending on the translation you have, there's a footnote in the bottom of your Bible uh, indicating that as well. All right. Okay, it's a lot, I know. <laughs> and uh, if you're like me, you're reading this at this point in the story as we've gone this big broad view of the beginning, in the beginning God and, and God creating the whole universe, everything, right? Uh, and it's just zoomed in closer and closer and closer and closer. And uh, we get down to these big families, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and it's going to narrow down even further as we move forward. More drama ahead as we move into uh, day seven of lesson one. As always, I'm really glad you guys are with me here in this. Thank you. Don't forget to leave a comment if you haven't already. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe and make sure you get notifications. So whenever I drop a new video, you get an alert and you and you know. All right, and as always, know that you are loved and prayed for, and I look forward to being back here again with you real soon. Have a good day.